Welcome to The Summit with your co-hosts, Jeremy Turman and Andrew March. The Summit uncovers the true drive and motivation that makes people successful. We talk with amazing individuals to break down how they define success, choose their goals, and their decision-making process as they climb their mountains. On today's episode, we want to thank our sponsor, Fitzby, an athleisure company designed to re-inspire and further facilitate your on-the-go lifestyle. Check out Fitzby at fitzby.com, F-I-T-S-P-I.com, and use code SUMMIT30 for 30% off. Welcome to the show. Welcome to the summit, Mark Josie. Glad to have you on with us today. Hey there, gents. How are you? Doing Fantastic. great. Doing great. Well, well, folks, thanks for, for listening to this episode on the summit. We are extremely happy to have Mark Josie with us. He is a veteran in the telecom industry, spending over a decade at Verizon and taking a massive pivot to Sprint. Um, as his time at Sprint, he led strategic partnerships at the enterprise scale and took a massive turn going from corporate America to the startup world, starting multiple consulting startups, and then now founding Kansas City's premier esports organization, Kansas City Pioneers. Excited to have you on the show today, Mark. Well, thank you very much. Quite an intro, right? Uh, thanks. <laughs> I, I will note on the show that Mark and I did meet when I was a intern in retail sales at Verizon. I was sitting at the front of the store with an iPad greeting people. And the first time I walk, uh, Mark walks in, he has a fantastic beard. And I was like, this guy looks like he's up to something good. So ever since then, uh, Mark has been a, a great mentor and, and business professional. So excited to, to learn from you today, Mark. Thank you. I'm, I'm happy to be on. I, I like what you guys are trying to accomplish. So hopefully I can help uh, spread a little bit of insight through what I've done vicariously. Hey, Jeremy, I think it uh, bears repeating that you had said uh, his beard was past tense, was pretty epic. I think uh, it bears noting that it is pretty epic today, too. So, boom. Well, thank you very much. It's early, but I will say that I already have a favorite now. I'm not going to say who my favorite person on the podcast is, but, but I think based on the compliments, Andrew. Uh, yeah, yeah. No, no. Thank you very much. Thank you, you bet. Well, we, we like to start off the summit, you know, we're, we're here trying to break down decision making processes, climbing your mountains, you know, really digging deep into like what makes you a successful business professional. So we, we'll, we'll kick it off with, you know, how have you defined success to yourself for yourself? I think it's a couple of things. Uh, easily for me, it's defining your kind of your internal North Star, knowing who you are and, and going after it, right? Like really seeking to be uh, both present and fulfilled in what you're doing is probably a good answer to that. Um, and that will look like different things at different stages in your life, right? Is it, um, <clears throat> you had mentioned like climbing the corporate ladder, right? Is it, hey, I want to be a great sales rep. Is it, I want to make a shift to like leading a team or, hey, I'm really interested in IoT or I, I could be a, you know, a streamer or a producer. There, there's a lot of things um, that everyone can go out and do. And, and for me, at different points in my life, I've had different opportunities to come to that fork in the road and go like, hey, what's going to fulfill me and what can I be present with and, what, and, and how does that make the most sense, I guess, is a good way to put it. Totally. So with, um, you know, with all of these different forks in the road that you've been presented with, 
you know, how did, what was that fork in the road for you when you were choosing to go to Verizon? Yeah, I, I think first you you go in and think, hey, this is a great company, right? Very excited to what the what they what they stand for. I came in really really early in Indiana where they um, had just merged to become Verizon, so that was another interesting factor. Um, you know, I had a couple of folks that had already worked there said, hey, this is a great company. This is this is really interesting. Uh, so I knew it would be a good opportunity, and and uh, I wanted to be you know just kind of a part of that. And at the same time, like it was fairly. I mean, I'm sure it's, it still is now, right? But it was very lucrative to get into that industry early on, right? As like um, cell phone ubiquity wasn't out there, right? And and, uh, and and a lot of interest. I won't date myself to like talk about all the new technology that was out at that time when I started. Uh, it wasn't like analog and bag phones, right? It was definitely digital. But uh, but but anyways, uh, what I will say is that, that was kind of it, right? And and uh, and then you do your research and you f- feel that like, hey, the culture is great. Uh, in terms of Verizon, right? The culture is great. Uh, the way that they empower, you, you know, um, their communities, the decision making, the way that they didn't um, um, go in to be the low, low cost leader was pretty interesting to me too, for for a couple different reasons. So uh, that's what made me want to join. So I started Verizon. I'm a sales rep. Was really good at being a sales rep, and and did that for a little bit, and then realized that I had kind of a passion for helping the folks around me at a certain point, right? To where I was like, hey, I'm pretty comfortable at hitting my X or my Y, you know, KPIs or whatever. Now I can make sure that, you know, some of the new hires or some of the folks around me. Um, and then that kind of just gave me the, made, made me want to switch to like, um, hey, I really need to work on my leadership and think about like, what does that look like and sound like, right? Did I want to be an individual contributor? So that's probably the first fork in the road. Um, as I'm making hand signals for my fork in the road, um, make your own at home. Uh, so that's my fork in the road. And then what you realize is that that first decision-making process is, hey, most of the time, a great individual contributor is going to be more successful at bringing uh, short-term. Um, they're going to make more money, right? Like, so, so LeBron is making more than a coach, right? Like, you, you know, Stephen Curry is making more than Steve Kerr. Um, but is it like, hey, what's the trajectory, right? How long can I be a great, engaged, super positive, optimistic, ready to go, whatever? And I, I think that I can answer that question, but it was like, hey, the passion to teach somebody is a little bit different than going out and constantly, you know, doubling or tripling quota or whatever the thing may be, right? So that was my first fork in the road. And then you realize like, hey, he's got to make the jump because like that's uh, leadership is a longer portion uh, career for what I wanted to be a part of, right? I wanted to be part of larger companies, be in a decision-making process. And so when you kind of have that internalization, you got to start somewhere. So um, with that, it became, I think uh, next I was a store manager and then I was a district manager, then I was a associate director. Uh, I moved a couple of times, four or five times around there. I was a director. I think the the last role that I had, I was um, running sales marketing operations for four states um, for Verizon and their indirect and national distribution. Uh, which was really cool, you know, had 130 people at some point in my organization. And so uh, it was important to make that decision, right, on, hey, I want to be a leader. I need to work on that. I like who, I, I know who I am, right? I know that I'm empathetic. I know I'm high, uh, hopefully, I'll say high EQ. I won't say high IQ. I mean, I'm a fairly smart guy, but I'm definitely more empathetic and caring and culture-driven and purpose-driven, Um you know, and that's a little bit harder to teach. And then that becomes kind of your why, right? Um, it, see, it seems, Mark, that really early on, 
that you knew you wanted to be a leader. Like not a lot of sales folks that like I work with or I talk to are like, I want to be a executive or I want to run a team. A lot of them are to your point of it's more lucrative in the short term. They're like, I want to make money. So I'm going to work hard and I'm just going to work month over month, quarter over quarter to like make my cash. But it seemed like you knew pretty early in your career that's like, yeah, sales is great and all, but like, I want to be the leader. So like, was, was the North star the entire time at Verizon? Like, how do I just continue to build people around me? Or how did you continue to shape all those positions after positions? Yeah, I, I think it goes to early on the, you know, the, the, the person next to me at our, you know, five or eight man uh, and woman store to go like, let's make that successful team. And then you realize like, I, I want to help more people be successful. And it was a good time to where I would say that, you know, culture um, is important, right? And so I realized that like, it's not like super intuitive, right? But you realize like, hey, this is who I am. This is what I want to do. Um, I know there's a conduit through a leadership position to be both fulfilled by, and it's not like it's not challenging, right? Obviously it's challenging. How do you get people to run through a brick wall, right? How do you get people to want to do something versus like tell them to do something, right? And, and we all know people are motivated by, you know, reward, recognition and accountability, but how do you really hone in on, um, you know, that proactive group, like-minded, common whatever, uh, goal or target to, to rally behind. And, and I felt like I was pretty good at doing that. And so like, I'm like, why not? This is scalable, right? This is something I feel really passionate about. I, and I think I was fortunate, right? And, and it's kind of a quasi, you know, um, I, I guess, faceted approach of like, okay, right, you got to be a good leader. You have to understand culture. You have to have shadow of a leader, right? You need some personal accountability, um, which, which really aren't the more intuitive aspects at a younger age, I think, of going like, I want to be a leader, right? Like, I want the title, I want the paycheck, I want to, you know, fly all around. I, you know, I want to dictate policy and procedures and stuff. It's like, there's, there's a lot of caveats that come with that, right? Like, so it's obviously the, the other stuff are more important. So, um, yeah, I think that answers it, hopefully. That's, uh, you know awesome trajectory how would you say your mindset changed from when you reached that highest level at Verizon to when you first got into it you know you had mentioned you know a lot of these these aspects of becoming a leader was there any like break point or like epiphanal moment where it's like these are the clear paths to go down to develop these skills and attributes or was it in a constantly evolving process as you are rising through the ranks. Yeah, I think it's definitely constantly evolving, right? Like if you're just honing in on leadership and you say, I'm a good leader and you don't work on it, that's a terrible idea. <laughs> like I don't, I don't, I don't think it's like static. Right. Um, so, so I think it's always evolving. I, I think it comes along with um, what I noticed is along the way I got better mentors, which is kind of an interesting thing. I felt, um, as I kind of scaled, I realized that it was less about, I, I, I think the first moment was like being pointed out for saying we versus I, I can, I remember this in an operations review and I was a district manager at the time and it was we, we, we for success. And it was me, me, me for failure. Right. So I think that was probably instilled in, in me from my, 
um, you know, childhood or whatever, but like, that's, that's how it works, right? Like if everyone's successful, I didn't do it. A group of people did it, right. Who had, you know, shared goals and equal opportunity to, you know, uh, you know, address and give feedback and, um, you know, <clears throat> whatever. Right. And so, uh, I, I definitely remember that moment. I remember being in an operations review and, and being pointed out as you know, a few things were going great and one thing wasn't going super great. And I took ownership for that. So you start thinking about, okay, well, like ownership is super important because ultimately it, it lays on you. And if you're okay with that extreme ownership, shock, shout out Jocko Wilmick. But if you're, if, you're, if you're okay with that extreme ownership, then you're like, hey, like, then we can go back to rally around the team, right? Then it's back to the team. How can we do better? Like, what can I do better? Um, so that, that was probably a good pivotal moment to go like, hey, I'm on the right track, right? Like, you know, our region president, uh, uh, like, recognizes the fact that, like, this is the right mentality to have, right? Like, so that, that was pretty good, besides the results and some other things that you can figure out. Um, and then I'll also say, Andrew, is like, you feel like as you're going up, you have um, – you have access to better conversations with mentors, right? I, I think I've what I've learned is is twofold from a mentorship perspective is one, most people will say yes. I say that with a caveat, like you have to have intent and purpose on why you want to start a relationship and it has to make sense, right? Don't just go reach out to Mark Cuban or you know, Elon Musk and expect a mentorship, right? Like you got to do your research, do your homework, what pieces of your puzzle might be missing that they have to offer what, you know, how are they, whatever, we can go into that later. But what I've realized is if you ask, most people will say yes, that they will help you just in general, right? We don't even have to talk about mentorship. There are more good people than bad people. Um, I think that that's important. Um, so, so that was the other kind of evolving thing is I kind of um, were able to have um, the privilege of leading more successful teams and watching those folks grow and develop and see, you know, um, different people, uh, succession plan to different roles, to have really good bench strength, to have, um, you know, folks that you would be proud of, to, to have, you know, folks that are in your organization that you would be happy to, to have anyone ask you about what's the vision and the mission, right? Like from macro to micro. Um, that's that's how you know right you got a pretty good culture on a pretty good right track and and uh, so so any event like that that's what i would say right and then the third thing is evolving is as you said i would just say i don't know if it's the third thing i don't know what number i'm on but the other thing uh, i would say is and i mentioned it earlier is it's like it's always evolving right like it's fluid you there there's there you know there's definitely you know smarter faster better whatever um, you know, the adjective you want to use, uh, folks out there. So like consume good content, surround yourself with, you know, people don't try to be the smartest person in the room all the time. Right. Um, there, there's a lot of little, um, things that you hear along the way that add up to be true actually. Right. When you start thinking about it and you experience it. So, uh, a very long answer to that question, but here we are. <laughs> I, I think Mark, no, that's fantastic. I think a lot of people, try to say that they want to help others and help build and scale teams, but they don't truly mean it. And it's like one thing to just say the part, but then it's one, it's the other thing to actually act the part and truly say it is we, not I. And being able to have that ingrained, I think something at, at Verizon that I saw as a culture, as you mentioned, is a big piece and making sure that you understand that you're, you're building the right environment to like help people grow that want to grow and then challenge them. When did you, you know, looking at, the, towards the end of Verizon, you know, it seemed like you had a fantastic career there. You had scaled up many teams, had a team of, you know, 130 people moving and charging. 
when did you realize that, you know, that time at Verizon needed to, to be done? Yeah, I, I think um, it, it was a conversation with a mentor and it was, um, I was getting at the point of my life to where it was like, hey, I'm getting my MBA. I've worked at a company for a while. Like, do you want to be known, and in a twist of irony, do you want to be known as the telecom guy, right? Like, do you see this as, uh, you know, it's one thing to be like the startup guy or the entrepreneur guy or the culture guy, but like at, at some point there was a pendulum shift and I mentioned kind of ubiquity and, you know, competition is, is great, but, you, you know, like what you realize that like, hey, I've been doing a little bit for a while and, and, uh, and by the way, I wasn't seeking it out, right? But, but I did have, you know, candid conversations with like, you know, what does it look like and sound like, right? Like, what are you... Um, you know, I think I, I say that phrase a lot, um, Jeremy can attest to. And then the other one is like, hey, when you're 70, what's going to matter, right? Like wherever you're at at 70 years old, you know, whatever your vision of 70 year old you looks like, what are, what are you going to be proud of, right? What are you, when you look back at your career and life, right? Life is a um, you know, much deeper subject. We probably don't have time, right? But um, when you look at your career, like, what are you going to remember? What are you going to be proud of? And there's nothing wrong with saying, Hey, I, I did something for X amount of years at a company and I retired or whatever. But it was also like, it was a little probably naive to think that like, Hey, I'm going to work the next, you know, I'm not going to get the, you know, watch and the plaque and the cufflinks and the, you know, send off party or whatever. So I think deep down before, um, you know, I had an opportunity to go do something else. Like I kind of knew that, um, on a short term, telecom was not going to be it forever, right? Like, just like I'm sure, you know, our parents, if they were in a certain position, don't want to be known as like the telephone people, right? you know what I mean? The home <laughs> phone guy, right? Like, nobody wants to do that, like, you know? So, anyway. So, you know, you have, you know, just in talking with you, you seem like you have this deeper assurance of, you know, being able to figure it out and being able to surround yourself with, with great people who can, you know, like you shared, you know, offer you thought provoking questions to help bring in perspective, you know, what, you know, how do you help other people get that perspective if they may not have it or how important has that perspective been, you know, in, in your life, obviously you've been able to grow, you know, rise through the ranks at Verizon. You've you've moved on to uh, to Sprint. Now you're doing startup work, which is truly amazing. But like, how important is that perspective to you? And how do you get it if you don't have it today? Yeah, I, I think perspective is um, it's only one lens if you have it, right? So I think first it's like as cliche as it sounds, like you have to build a network of people around you. Um, and there's a lot of different theories on who that should be and what it should look like and sound like. But ultimately, it's like, do you have people in your life that can advocate for you, that can challenge you, that can, um, you know, meet you at the, uh, you know, at the Royals game last minute, um, you know, can offer you their last dollar, right? And, and each one of those segments, if we're going to call it that, are going to have smaller, different people, right? Like, I'm not going to call either one of you to give me your, your last dollar, right? But there, there's a couple of people that I would. 
<laughs> right? So, so I think it's building the network of people around you. That's the only way you get a broader perspective, right? Because if you just have a very narrow focus, you could easily say like, hey, Verizon's a great company. I love what I'm doing, right? Like the people are amazing. Rewards, recognition, you know, total target compensation. Like, you know, you could go on and on. Benefits, like fantastic, right? Um, and that's cool. However, having some people around you that would give those provocative conversations, give you a different perspective to go like, I mean, are you going to be 70 and go like, what else could I have done? Like, you know what I mean? Like, why, why, are you, why are you getting your MBA if you're just kind of going to do the same thing and you don't really need it to do, you know what I mean? So I, I think the perspective comes from other people, in my opinion. Yeah, men mentorship is so key. I mean, Mark, you and I, we, when we first started off and I was in a retail store, you know, that that business partnership relationship started as as mentorship to begin with. And I think there are a lot of people that are afraid just to ask. But to your point earlier, it's like if you have a reason for asking and you have a plan of how you want to personally grow yourself, then it allows you to help strategically place people that can help you in certain aspects because it's not just mentorship of everything. So like talking about this, the switch to Sprint, it wasn't like you had 14 different mentors saying, all of you, oh, you should all go to Sprint. You should go to Sprint. Mm -hmm. It probably had different opinions saying, well, I don't want to be the telecom guy. Okay, well, you're going to Sprint. Okay, that's not, <laughs> that doesn't make sense. But on the other sure. hand, you had the opportunity to, to run strategic partnerships. You know, you were running a multi-billion dollar business of Sprint. And like, that is a massive entity that, you know, moving from managing a massive team to now national partnerships had to have been like a complete different switch of like what you were then goaling yourself and what the new North Star had to have been. Yeah, I, I think you're exactly right. Uh, first and foremost, of course, everyone had different opinions, right? Like, hey, you're going from the best to arguably not the best. It depends on, you know, what, what, who, what survey you're looking at and what data. And, and uh, they're both great companies, right? Incl shout out Timo for, for coming in and merging with Sprint. So they're all great companies trying to accomplish a great thing, right? Like to, to give people uh, communication, access, whatever, right? So throw that caveat out there. Like for me, it was exactly what we talked about. It was another fork in the road. Like, okay, well, I don't want to be telecom guy. However, I have a lot of stuff that I did over here. Um, I had a couple of conversations with people I knew and it was like, dude, you're going to get to do something that you haven't done before. So it will be really cool to talk to like the literal decision makers, right? Like if Verizon, I didn't have access, you know, maybe if I went down the chart, I'll probably would have access to like fourth in charge, right? Like the market president, um, you know, the CMO and then the CEO, right? Like, so, so maybe three or four, that's really cool. But that relationship, <clears throat> excuse me, there was nowhere in there that where they were like, Hey Mark, what do you think? Right? Like that, that you, you know, maybe once a quarter, it was like, as we were talking about maybe some kind of, you know, actual goal or culture piece or, you know, whatever, right? Like, Hey, what do you think? That's great. Um, and I just thought I could do something different um, and use <clears throat> what I think I'm good at and um what i would like to go do um and that was the the decision right there and and also i i think it's super interesting i mean how uh, there's something to be said to go from what you would argue you know number one to not number one um it's a different kind of animal right it's a different kind of set of um not values or principles but strategies right <laughs> like you know like um 
And, and so that, that's really great experience for me. It was uh, really one, one of the times where it was like, uh, um, I felt that also continuing my education made sense, right? The things I was working on my MBA, I'm like, oh, all right, like, let's, let's talk P&L, right? I mean, of course I had, you know, some responsibility at, at Verizon for managing my, um, you know, portion of, of, of costs and, you know, OCCs and, you know, charges and credits and all this good stuff, right? And obviously revenue and subscriber and year-over-year growth. And there's a lot of metrics that I won't bore everyone with, but um, it was an opportunity to do a couple of those things, which was like, hey, brand and strategic partnerships are super cool. Uh, it hasn't been done really at Sprint. And, uh, you know, after talking to uh, who my boss would have been, and he had some really interesting ideas, and it was like, let's let's go do it, man. And I did. So there we go. So I think I learned a lot from that. I was able to apply a lot, and then pull some things that I hadn't done yet, um, along with bringing my experiences. And so I think that was a really good, um, you know, to continue the analogy with the segments and pie pieces. It was a really good pie piece, I think, for me to have personally. So was that, was the focus on the, the partnerships almost like a startup type environment pursuing this new kind of ambitious goal that was maybe not even cl- super clearly defined? You know, was, it, was there an element of a startup atmosphere that ultimately led you to get even more involved in startups? Or what was it about the startup piece yeah. that really got you excited? Yeah, absolutely. I, I think that's exactly the analogy. Like we were small and nimble, right? In terms of a team, instead of building out a huge portion, right? You think telecom, you think aircraft carrier, right? You think, you know, slow and steady wins the race, right? Whatever the race is. And we were able to be part of a, a more agile speedboat, which was super exciting in that industry, right? Just to think about the relationships, the um, the technology, IoT, how we're you know OTT, how people are consuming content, how we can go and look at hey, there's a lot of demographics and segments that we're not really hitting, but we could do some really cool stuff with like you know Uber Freight and some other really cool stuff, and then the drivers will lead us to this, and there's some in-app stuff, and let's go have a conversation, and you know yes, so you can say I'm pretty pumped about it. Um, it was fantastic. It really was because it was like that, and and even. And so within that speedboat, there were some times where we stopped at um, other speedboats like Uber that was really fast moving. And then there was other speedboats that were like, you know, maybe like, I, I don't know any other boats. So I, I probably should stop with that analogy route. But there were other boats that weren't as speedy, I guess, maybe. I don't want to say party barge. So they say towboats. There were some towboats, Mark. Towboats? I mean, I don't want to, I, I don't, I don't know. I, I'm like unsure, so I don't want to say. But what, what I would say is that even within that there were some interesting, uh, I, I guess I would say, um, what is a good, like gauge of speed versus um, agility versus established. So that was really cool. And that was neat. Like you realize that, <clears throat> you know, at its core, you know, sales is always about like, do you understand the problem? Can you connect to the person? Can you really solve their problem? And then if you can't, do you care enough about them or, um, is there a way that you can bridge and broker to either get them as a customer now or come back after them um, when they've solved a smaller problem that would allow you to be their solution longer, right? So like, yeah, I think there was definitely a startup thing. It was, it was it, you know, it was fun. It was, it was um, you know, stressful. It was um, exciting, right? Like it, it was neat being in some of the 
some of the meetings and and you know being on the wall and you know we're talking about evidence you know you know shareholder equity and and uh you know talking about you know grabbing large chunks <laughs> of uh the population to come over and see how great um sprint can be for them it was super exciting for sure i i think it's still fascinating like i i could not imagine going from debatably the leading company in the country you know where you had that proven record uh you know being a director of a massive team to then going to you know a not as heavily market shared based company you know again mm -hmm. to your point of who's one who's two who's three but like you definitely took a massive risk there where it's like hey i am changing from the verizon to sprint and the capacities are so different but to your point mm -hmm. it seemed like the the opportunity to engage in those strategic partnerships whether it be that startup like mentality you were like i'm willing to take the risk i'd rather you know give up this well-oiled path where i know i could stay another 18 years and you know make my path retire have a great life but if it seems to me mark like if you were asking yourself well what would it i'm 70 years old what would it be you wouldn't be satisfied so so making that switch was that like worthwhile? You would make that same, you would say, hey, it's 100%. worth leaving a constant thing. Okay. Yeah, hundred percent. Also like the, the, like there's two things that go into it. Once you realize that I don't want to be the telecom guy forever, then you're not going over there to get the t-shirt hat keychain and the gold watch for the next 15 years, right? Like the goal isn't to extend the, the kind of security is not the right word, right? Um, and, and of course, like it, it wasn't like I did it for free, right? Like it was that part made sense, right? Financially. Yep. So it, like that, I will have to say all these caveats that are always like, yeah, if you can, you know, you got to balance doing what fulfills you and paying the bills, right? You know what I mean? And that looks like different things for different people. But if, if you can line those two things up, like you're a fortunate person, right? Cause it's hard enough to figure out what is fulfilling. It's hard enough to figure out how to make a living off of it. Right. Um, and so like, I knew that going in that it's like, Hey, I'm not going to be there 20 years, number one. And then number two, like, I, I just knew that it would give me like an opportunity to talk to people that I'd never would ever talk to at Verizon. I shouldn't say never, but I just didn't foresee that happening. Right. I would be going down this path and you were right to, to say what you're saying. And, and then on the other path, it's like, I mean, it's cool going to, you know, HQ at Uber and it's, you know, awesome to going, you know, to Colorado and talking to the, you know, credit union solutions group. And it's neat to go fly down to Florida and, and talk to, um, you know, like AAA and uh, at their headquarters and then, you know, American Airlines. And, and so there's a lot of stuff that, again, I felt like was like, hey, there's leadership, there's bridge and brokering, there's a lot of influencing, right? So to go back to, to what you were talking about a little bit, Andrew, it's like, how do you sell people your vision? How do you influence them? How do you um, bridge and broker those relationships to help accomplish a goal, right? So, so I think that 100% I would do it all over again. And it gave me the bug, right, to go, wait a second, which is like, you know, to Jeremy and I, it's like, hey, we've been doing some cool stuff. And I've been really proud of like, you know, from he's, he's pretty um, um, uh, modest in some regards when he and I talk, right? It's like, yeah, it's like a guy with a tablet, but it was a guy with a tablet with a lot of burning questions, a lot of effort and energy ready to go behind something looking for somebody to go like, hey, 
tell me what needs to be done and I'm going to go out and crush it. And then the only thing that I'll ask is along the way, you help me go do this because I don't want to do that forever. Right. Like, so it's fantastic. Right. Um, and then so watching, having great conversations with Jeremy to go like, Hey, I'm doing this. And, you know, I, I made a good, I, I remember the very first thing that you influence people where you're like, my internship is over, but I think I'm going to put together something for them to let me stay and go do B2B. And it's like, and you did, and they did, right? Like, cause nobody had done that. And so I love the like, why not? Right? Like, what's the worst thing that can happen? Like you, you should have to answer my question of why, right? So I love that, right? I, I love the like, tell me more why and let's dig deep. And it's not disrespectful. I just love the, I love that, right? And then watching you go through, you know, pocket points and DoorDash and it's like, so while that trajectory was happening, there was a lot of cool stuff going on with, uh, with myself. And then it became like, hey, how do we do something, right? And I'm at a different place, obviously, but then it's like, how do we do something even different? Um, but also equally fulfilling. So how, how do we take, because at this point, Jeremy flips from mentor, I'm talking for him like he's not here. Uh, Jeremy flips <laughs> from like, me, like not, not mentor, mentee to, from he and I, because we still have, you know, vested interests in a few things and partnerships and other things. And I think there are, uh, what's great about having a mentor-mentee relationship is like, if, if you're not getting some value out of it both ways, you probably don't have a good relationship, right? So what he gives me is different than what I give him, but it's not one way. Um, you, you go, hey, like, what can we do? Because people are now reaching out to me this, as Jeremy to like, hey, how do I help them? How do I have conversations about what, what it looks like and sounds like to do X, Y, and Z? People are certainly reaching out to me. I'm passionate about that. And so we realized like, hey, let's, let's, let's try this little Excel thing. And let's help some people, um, you know, go to market. Let's consult on maybe some culture. Let's consult on some, some, some things that we can help with that, uh, you know, it's not going to sink anybody's ship. But it's going to help them, you know, possibly. This is a terrible excel pitch, by the way. But it's like, hey, we're not going to blow your boat up, but we're going to help you get there faster. Uh, but but no, it, it, if that makes sense to what I'm saying, um, that that's how we got over to Excelly, and and that is like um, pretty cool, I think. By the way, so what was the you know? It sounds like that's another fork in the road where it was. You know, sure. Startups are a completely different animal compared to corporate corporate careers and corporate life. You know, what was that that juncture, that fork in the road? And, you know, how did your identity of yourself, you know, change and evolve? You know, you talked about being, you know, do I want to be telecom guy? You know, how did, when you're presented with that fork in the road to go the startup route, how did that fork appear? And then how did your identity shift as you were looking to pursue the startup route? Sure. I, th I think the fork of the road became, <clears throat> do I want to, um, there's no, there's no left, right. There's either up or over probably is a good way to think about it. So it was either like, Hey, maybe I, I, I try to climb the ladder here. And it's like, I don't have the experience to be like, you know, a C-suite leader at, at Sprint. You know what I mean? It's like, they're going to get really smarter people, right? There are plenty of talented women and men. So I'm like, I'm not quite ready for that yet. You know, I don't want to be here for the next five years to shoot for that. Um, I know what I'm good at. I know what I like. And then I took away like so much depth and breadth of like experiences and, and, and understanding from a startup perspective, talking to startups and, and, um, 
and thinking, okay, right? Like I, I can have really candid conversations about leading the team, um, sales marketing operations. I can have really good conversations about managing P&L. I can have really good conversations about market share and culture and, and uh, networking and intelligent networking and bridging and brokering and, and uh, you know, cross-channel collaboration. And, and then you go, how does that, so, so then the question is, do I look for the same kind of ladders to apply at different companies or do I go, I think it's probably time to do something all in for myself. And again, with the caveat, whereas like I was fortunate to be um, financially stable, I wouldn't encourage anyone to go out and start their own business, uh, particularly now, um, without really understanding what does that look like and sound like for the next 18 months, right? Like it is not easy. It might be simple. You can have a great idea and fail miserably. You can have a terrible idea and be super successful. Like it's a, it's a weird animal, right? Um, but I think that was the last piece of the, the pie puzzle for me in terms of identity. It's like the one thing that I've never done is experience that like there is no quit. There is no personal day. There is no like, like I'm off this week. You know, it's like, I, I mean, there's a portion of that. There's no, um, I talked about extreme ownership. There's no more extreme ownership than being a small business owner, being an entrepreneur, right? There's just not. Um, so that was the last you know, piece of the puzzle. I'm hopefully not the last, right? Like, but, but I think it's a good way to, you know, do iterations on the thing that you love, find people with a, with a common goal and like-minded, um, you know, vision of what success looks like for them that you buy into and you can collaborate, you can partner, you can work together, you can be a customer. So I think there's a lot of facets with that, but I think the identity was like, hey, I don't, uh, to use the analogy, it's like, do I want to be the corporate guy forever? And the answer was like, no, right? Like, I mean, I didn't have a, you know, like I didn't work my way. And like, now I get to wear like a, a hat and a beard and a, and a royal t-shirt, right? And that's just who I am. So that's pretty cool too, to, to really be able to externalize, I guess, for lack of a better term, like, who who you are like you know inside it's like um it's a pretty cool thing so so that was it and then you realize that and the last thing i'll say is like all those things if you want to have a successful business you're going to have to pull from anyways like if there's no accountant in the room you're the accountant are you are you pay for one right um so like it's extreme ownership and then you build and scale and you get to do all the things you want you get to take all the things that you learn processes and procedures and culture which is the most paramount thing um besides like a viable product or, or funding or whatever, right? But um, past that, um, you realize you could, again, apply a lot of cool stuff to it. And then, and why not? Why not? And, and Mark, one, one thing that the, the listeners, the climbers don't know is that you, you do have a lot of sayings, like-minded individuals, bridging and brokering relationships. I mean, a lot of that goes to, yeah, you should surround yourself with people that are going to make you a better person, that will challenge you, that will give you different perspective. And then the bridging and brokering is, is multifaceted from business relationships, you know, setting yourself up to uh, make sure that you're parlaying, you know, Social Apex Media, one of the top media agencies, small businesses in Kansas City, you know, just did a phenomenal video for, for Charlie Hustle. And then at the same time is the backbone and founding Kansas City Pioneers, which is, you know, the premier esports organization here in Kansas City. And so, you know, balancing both of those as well as consulting on the side, Mark, I, th that's no easy task. I think it'd be helpful for you to share the processes that you use internally and in, in either books or podcasts as well that like help you keep everything in line. 
Yeah, I, I think I'll back up just just because I think what you guys are trying to accomplish. What what I'll say is like, if you're trying to like, uh, I'll just pause to an interesting point and go back to to say if you're looking to succession plan, it's it's really about like what you've what what you've done will get you the the interview. It's really like who you've talked to will get you the job, right? Like. Have you reached out to the decision maker? Have you reached out to other people in that area, right? Whatever. So we don't have to go into it, but I think that's interesting. Just like if you don't have a really good network of people that you could have some of those candid conversations with or phone calls, it's going to be much more difficult to go to market, right? It's going to be much like it's important to network. It is important to stay in touch. It is important to try new things. It is important, like, you know, conversations, right? Um, it's, it's important to constantly develop yourself because when you start doing that, you start realizing like, oh, okay, well, I listen to a new podcast. There's some really interesting things. So I'm going to internalize that, work on that. Great. And then you're like, oh, and then here's some people that I know that I think kind of embody that. So I should probably reach out and see if they'll get on like a 15, 20 minute Zoom call, right? Like, and w with a good, simple but not easy, right? A nice, a nice note, some, some, you know, you know a little internal marketing, right? But um, yeah, I, I think that that's the first thing I would say. Like, I, I couldn't, I couldn't agree more with like, hey, the network and the people around you are going to be there when the times are tough. If you really um, aren't disingenuous about the ask, right? Like, nobody doesn't want. God, that was double negative. Um, People don't want to hear from you for help when you haven't talked to them in three years. Like what, you know, like that's different than, Hey, I talked to you three months ago. Like that's different. Right. So, so anyways, like feed and water your network people, I think is the moral of the story. Cause it's important. Right. Um, it doesn't define your success. Certainly you could, you could definitely go be successful in a, in a vacuum. Right. Like that's, that's fine. Um, so yeah, I, I think we should definitely like that summit is like, hey, I, I liken it to you guys are the summit. When you get to those decision making or the the base camp, it's the people that are there that are going to either like, hey, let's get up to let's get up the mountain, let's um you know here let me help you restock right now. Not everybody's going to the top with you, right? Not everybody's going to the next base camp, but there's going to be a lot of people encouraging you, helping you, supporting you to get to that next tier. It's important to have those people, right? Can't scale the summit by yourself, people, is the moral of the story, right? So, so I think for books, like, um, you know, I, I think I read uh, marketing books, idea books, um, uh, podcasts, like I'd be remiss like everyone else if I don't check out Gary Vee just to see what's, you know, kind of going on in the, in the marketing um, slash disruption hemisphere. Um, anything by Seth Godin is great. Uh, I love Chris Doe. I love the future um, with no E at the end. Um, Simon Sinek for leadership is great. So Simon Sinek leadership, Seth Godin for old school marketing, new school too. No, no offense, Seth. Um, he's just, you know, he's been around for a while and has really poignant things to say. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think that's it. I mean, I can be very specific, but I, I think like for me, <clears throat> it's important to try to do that. In terms of process, I give you my process. It's, it's all about... Um, I, I use the, uh, it's the David Allen getting things done methodology, right? <clears throat> so I'll probably uh, butcher it for everyone else, but I'm sure you guys can link it, but, it, but it's all about context and, and being present. So for me, you're going to have a million things to do. Um, what do you need to do? What context are you in to be able to do it? And so for me, one context is shifting between 
obviously it's easy to shift through Kansas City Pioneers, Social Apex, Excelly, you know, whatever, networking. But it might be like, hey, there's a couple of things I can accomplish for my phone and like, you know, not now, right? But like pre-COVID when I'm out doing something and I'm waiting in line at Chipotle, I can knock a few things out because I have that easy context, right? Um, you know, it, can you defer, can you delegate, can it be done in less than two minutes? So that is a very broad interpretation about productivity, but it, it's all about like context and, and what, is it a project, is it a single action? And uh, do I need to, if I can do it in less than two minutes, I do it right then. And if I can't do it in less than two minutes, do I need to um, delegate it to somebody else or do I need it to calendar out? Because if you can do those kind of things, it allows you to, to be present, right? It gives you clear minded. You can't go to bed with like a thousand things on your brain. So it's all about creating a trusted system is really the core of it. So, so you can have a system for reference because we get so much stuff that comes in, right? Like, you know, it's not about inbox zero or, um, you know, you know, boards and, you know, Asana and Trello and all, you know, Monday.com and, you know, Airtable and you know, whatever else, not talking about different apps, but you get what I'm saying. So I, I um, am really committed to that methodology. And so that allows me to when I'm with my family, I made the decision to be with my family. I'm pretty sure I've got the processes going to where I'm not sitting there doing something with my daughter and going like, oh, hold on, let me just drop a note real quick. Or hold on, let me reply to this email. Or hold on, I got an idea, right? Um, I try to do a download <clears throat> at, at night before I go to bed just to look at my calendar. What do I need to prep for? See what's, you know, whatever. Uh, we do daily stand-ups at Social Apex just through Slack. Like it's just an automated, like, um, I think a, a Nipsey Hustle uh, little icon shows up and it's like, what are you working on today? What did you work on yesterday? What are you working on today? Um, are there any blockers and what's on your mind that I should know about? So that's a great thing to do daily or weekly, I think. Um, a lot of our team is remote, even pre-COVID. So that's pretty cool. Um, you know, and then, uh, and then a weekly download to where I just kind of go through with lists that I've had that just trigger different aspects of my life like personal and friends and you know you go through all the different um you know triggers i guess for lack of a better word of you know what's the you know finance car you know whatever right just to, just so that way you're like oh it's time to get my uh prescription for my glasses i need to go do that like that's a thing i don't want to think about that at like two in the morning right they're like oh i forgot to reply to that voicemail or whatever so um, that's probably a whole nother show, but I'm, uh, I'm, I'm definitely uh, very passionate about productivity. I feel like if you don't have a trusted system, uh, things are going to get lost. You're going to let people down and people are going to make assumptions about what that means. Yeah, that definitely makes sense. I mean, it sounds like a pretty robust methodology you had, you know, and, you know, one of the things that stood out is, you know, how all of these systems can create, you know, a little bit more presence for you you know, while you're with people, including your family. And, you know, one question that um, immediately came to mind was, you know, how do you balance your personal ambitions? And, you know, how does that influence the fork in the road that you choose to go down? So how do you basically balance the, the personal ambitions with the other priorities in life, like, you know, a family or a significant other or somebody like that? Yeah. I think it depends on where you're at on that path with your significant other or your family. Uh, for, for me, I had moved, I, I think, um, 
I had moved maybe six or seven times for Verizon before we moved, or maybe, maybe that's not true, maybe six times. I think Kansas City was the sixth time, sixth place my child has lived. And which is a whole nother like, hey, when you're 70, do you wanna like, like is, we, we've lived in 80 places in the United States, right? So as a side note, like I definitely wanna think more global anyways, like what, you know, and, and again, like pre-COVID and, and you know, WHO and stuff, but like uh, I definitely plan on living in Europe at some point, right? Like, uh, and America's great, no offense to that. I just think that there's like an interesting, you know, a couple of months living, living abroad would, would do some good, right. To, to get different perspectives. So we've traveled a lot, um, you know, out of the country and that's just something that's interesting to me. Tangent. Sorry about that. What I would say, it's not, no, I'm not sorry about that. That's, that's the right answer. Um, what I would say is that along that path, depending on your family or your significant other, if it's, if they're part of like impactful decisions, like I chose to obviously, chose is not even the right word like I, I know it's important to to my wife and I to have a, a conversation about what does this mean right like I'm well aware we had a long-term conversation right like it is very difficult to to move from you know uh, I don't know Indianapolis to like I was in Wichita for 13 months in Kansas City right this is the last like three three moves that that we've made um, and, I, and, you know, whatever. And then you're like, it, it is very disruptive to like education. It's very disruptive to like social circles. It's very disruptive to family um, from everyone else's perspective. Right. So like, it wasn't just a me decision, right. It was like, Hey, I, I, I have an idea. <laughs> I think this is what makes sense. Um, let's talk about like, does that make sense for you? Can we do this together? Is this right for our family or is this right for you as my significant other? Um, I think it is definitely healthy to have those conversations, right? And you also have to be prepared for the candid feedback. Um, and what happens is if you do disagree, right? And which is a whole nother, you know, Oprah, Dr. Phil type thing. But I think if you have a really good relationship and, and you trust um, that you're on a path for a longer amount of time, it makes it easier. So it lined up perfectly for me. My daughter was young enough to where it wasn't like I was yanking her out of grade school and middle school and high school. And she's like, oh my gosh, my life, dad. Right. You know? And so, uh, which was another reason that kind of drove some of the, the Kansas City stuff to go like, hey, I can do some cool stuff here in Kansas City and travel and yada, yada versus moving to the Bay Area or um, where I have family, which is a whole nother issue. Like we could do something cool like that. But um, yeah, I, I think you have to like engage with those folks that you're going to disrupt their life, right? Like moving from Indianapolis to Wichita is a disruption, right? Like it's like, you got to sell your house. You got to buy a house. You got to build a house, which is what we chose to do. You've got to like enroll in pre-K and oh, by the way, we know zero people in Wichita. That sounds fun. Like where's Wichita? Oh, also I've never even been there. You know what I mean? That was a move to Verizon where I was like, I need to be a district manager at like a place where they were killing it um, in terms of market share. Cause I've never worked in a number one thing, um, you know, market share and, and a larger territory and a bigger team anyways. So like that was worth the risk. Like um, what I would say is like, uh, engage your stakeholders personally along the way. And if you have those longer conversations, like for me, my work is a little bit different. When I was with Sprint, it was, it was uh, pretty easy to say like, hey, I'm traveling quite a bit. And like, that was just the conversation I have with my family, right? If it was with um, 
you know, if I was in retail, it was like, hey, it's really important for me to like not get up at the dinner table. So my team would know when I was like actually eating dinner and I would expect the same thing out of them. But past that, it would be like, hey, I'm pretty much available because that's a requirement. And, and my significant other, my wife knew, right? And then just like my wife now and uh, same wife and my wife now, there's a comma in there, uh, knows that um, I'm, there is no day off, there is no whatever. So if we're traveling, like I'm gonna be working, it's a little bit more difficult to disconnect, right? Like there, there's still some things you can do to you know, be present and to spend quality time, but it, it kind of shifts and you go, hey, we're in it for the long haul. Just like starting the Kansas City Pioneers with a couple other guys, like it's, it's um, you know, now we have 30, um, you know, very talented, um, you know, guys and girls that are that are doing a really good job of working for a shared vision of becoming the premier organization for esports in Kansas City. So you can't just do that and go, it's nine to five. You know what I mean? Like there is no quit, right? But it was a decision we made. So, so uh, yeah, I would I would definitely advocate for um, really candid conversations and long-term vision. And, and I think what you'll find is if you can, if you're comfortable enough with having those conversations, not that you need to win, it's not a win loss, it's not a zero sum game, but if you can articulate like, Hey, this is going to happen. This is going to shift. We're going to, you know, do a, B and C. And then later down the road, it's worth it. Then, then, you know, generally, at least from my perspective, um, everything's been fine. There's a lot of sacrifice. I mean, through, throughout hearing that, Mark, and, and knowing you over the course of the years, you know, you make personal and family sacrifices in order to get where you need to go. And, and it, there's a pretty common theme of, of people that we're talking to so far of, you know, prioritizing work over family. And it's not like it's a complete disbalance, but to your point, I, I'm the same way on Slack. Like if I'm not at dinner, you know, Slack's on. I'll get a notification. I'll get an email. Yeah. And it's kind of in that mindset of you are always on because you're trying to get to that next step. And in order to get to the next step, you need to give it everything you have. And so, you know, concluding the episode, Mark, we always, you know, want to understand and see, you know, all the, the long days and nights, you know, putting efforts in, like what, what should we expect to see, you know, from you and your teams to come in, in the coming years? I mean, that's, that's a loaded question. I will say personally first, it's like, it's always a balance of like emotional commitment is important. Like everybody has emotional and rational commitment, right? When your alarm goes off at 5 a.m., not everybody's jazzed, right? That's a rational commitment. I have to get up and start my day, but it quickly shifts into like, oh my gosh, I'm starting my day. Like, I have so much cool stuff to do. I can't wait, right? Like, and yeah, there's a couple of things where you're like, I for sure don't want to, you know, do this, right? Or I definitely don't want to go get my eyes checked today or whatever, right? There's definitely things that you don't want to do that are good for your whatever. Like for me, as long as I'm um, emotionally committed to the projects that I'm doing, I'm emotionally committed to my team and our cause, I'm positively impacting the culture of not just uh, culture and community, like the culture of our team's, and then also the community in which we serve, right? Um, then that's good enough for me, right? Um, that that's that's my north star, and and that is stuff that you have to continually work on. So there is no complete, there is no finish, and it also allows you to go like, hey, that's my north star. Today I'll take a boat. Tomorrow I'll take a plane. Tomorrow I'll take a car. Whatever, but I'm still moving towards this north star, right? So so let the let your projects and your interests be the conduit to continue to to drive that fulfillment. Um, 
I think for, for Social Apex, we want to continue to scale. It's a marketing agency here in Kansas City. Um, we're very small. I, I think the term is micro agency now for like 15 people and under, right? There's about 12 of us. Um, we were voted uh, 2019 Emerging Small Business of the Year by the Kansas City Chamber. So thank everyone for being crazy enough to vote for us. Um, we do uh, really cool stuff and I want to continue for us to do really cool stuff. So that was the biggest answer you'll get, hopefully, or hopefully not, hopefully, maybe hopefully, I don't know, whatever, wherever you're on the fence. Um, and then the Kansas City Pioneers, I would love to say that in five years, 10 years, we had this conversation and it will be like when, you know, the Chiefs were talked about, right? When Lamar Hunt is like, hey, how about we move to Kansas City, right? How about we start the Chiefs? And it's the same way here. I want us to be the premier esports organization, multidiscipline, city-based team. It's just a fantastic opportunity to, to, to really empower people to take the barrier of, of entry from, from uh, some of the traditional sports away to, to you know, impact the community in which you serve through um, equity, you know, diversity, inclusion, um, I, I think that would be really cool. And, and I would like to see some of the really cool girls and guys that are on our team to continue to develop as leaders and start new projects and, you know, leave and go do cool stuff first day and do cool stuff. But it's a vague answer, but, but like, that's what, you know, I could give you very specifics financially and stuff, right? Like what we want to do and what we want our, you know, monthly recurring revenue to be and how many people we want, but you know, like I think broadly, that's a better answer. How's that? Yeah, for you, Mark. Gentlemen? Yeah, Mark. This is this has been fantastic, and you know, knowing you and hearing, you know, sharing all of the secrets to your success. I mean, you, you've let people, let the climbers know, like what what makes Mark Josie drive, and you know, that wanting to help build teams and scale them together. And I'll just keep going back to the line of I just want to help the folks around me. Like that mentality is always going to make you successful in anything that you touch, continue to develop and grow. And uh, I really appreciate, and, and Andrew as well, we appreciate you joining uh, the summit today and really hope that the climbers today got, got some good notes and feel free to reach out to, to Mark on uh, LinkedIn if you would like to connect with him. Hey, it's been a pleasure, gents. Uh, it's, it's no secret, right? I think it's simple, but not easy is what I would leave you, right? Climb the mountain. Sounds simple enough. It's just not easy. It takes a lot of people to help along the way. Awesome. Well, with that, Mark, we'll, we'll conclude this episode. All right. Take care, guys. Take care. Thanks, Mark. Thank you for listening to today's episode. We hope you enjoyed it. And if you have questions, feedback, and ideas for future episodes, please email us at summitpodcasts at gmail.com. Again, that's summitpodcasts, plural, at gmail.com. Or message us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at summitpodcasts. Thanks so much and keep on climbing.